Welcome to the One Drink with John podcast. Today is episode 10, Grow All the Things. My special guest is Mary Lemon, graduate of the Penn State University with a degree in plant science. She's a lover of all things plants. She's a newlywed, a sister, a daughter, a wonderful niece, and an aspiring farmer. Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Cool. This is so exciting. I'm so glad to have you. <laughs> well, today we are drinking decaf cappuccinos. And I always drink decaf because if I have coffee, I will run around the house <laughs> in the street <laughs> like crazy and then crash. And then you're having a decaf because you've already had a couple cups of coffee. I have. So I needed to <laughs> slow down my caffeine <laughs> intake. So... Mm. Here we go. These are really good. They are really good. I've got and a little bit of cinnamon sprinkled on mine, which gives yum. it a nice taste. Yum. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's actually the bulletproof uh, coffee decaf. So Ooh. good stuff. Fancy. Well, Mary, you are my niece, um, which am. is awesome. <laughs> yes, the oldest niece, the oldest uh, of the grandkids in the family as well. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about uh, all things growing and. As I said, you did graduate from Penn State, and you have a degree in plant science. But I wanted to go way back and talk about when was the first time you planted something as a kid. Do you remember when you first either started planting something, or like the first thing you planted, or what that was? I think I think I was always um, so our neighborhood was very. Uh, connected especially the like the our two neighboring houses Mm -hmm. so we always played outside um and so i think i probably got into the soil the dirt um early early on in my life but i think the first time i remember actually planning something was um my dad had just finished building our uh front porch in our old house and uh, we were trying to figure out like landscaping around it, and we have all of these um, hostas. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and I remember being like, "Oh, these are really cool because they have like the different colored leaves, and the um, they're they're just really fun, and they're good like green filler, and they just they, they look nice, um, and they're really easy to grow. Very um, easy to grow. Very yes. easy. So I remember um, digging one out from the side of the house and trying to move it towards the front and I realized that you can split hostas Mm -hmm. and I was like oh this is amazing this is so (laughs) cool so I split them all apart into like maybe 12 different ones and just like planted them around and my mom was like that's great but we need to plant some other things in there we can't just have (laughs) hostas so I think that's like the first time I really planted something um it was probably like early middle school, like so like ten or 10 something, ten or, or eleven or something. Okay. Yeah, something that's cool. Like yeah, that. and it's kind of neat. The so you immediately learn that you could dig something up and that a plant like that you can split it into multiple yeah. and then they come back more. So yeah, that's always it survives. Cool. You can cut a plant in half and it survives. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's a fun. That's really yeah. cool. Awesome. And then. Um, I know you had talked to me a little bit about how you were, like, what about, like, when you first had, um, like, a garden at your house growing yeah. up? And I think you st- it was your idea to start it, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. So I had been, um, 
I really appreciated my middle school because we did a lot of hands-on projects and one of the things we did was build cold frames um, and just all the we got into groups um, and we build our own cold frames and we put them in the ground we started to grow stuff in them and I was like wow this is so cool I really like this Um, so like I think uh, we did that in like maybe the fall and then had cold frame like some stuff that was in the cold frame um, into the winter I think the next year I was like dad we're building raised beds and like we built these raised beds and we uh, dug out um we had this like large, like uh, kind of gardeny landscaped area on the one side that we had just taken a, a ton of um, like bushes out of, and so there's a bunch of like loose soil in there. And I'm like, okay, so we transferred it over, and I think everything died um, because it wasn't the, <laughs> it wasn't the greatest soil, and it wasn't didn't have very many nutrients. We didn't really put anything compost or yeah anything. we didn't put combos or anything so i'm pretty sure everything died so what did you do you remember what you grew like, um, what did you plant definitely tomatoes okay um that's what i remembered the tomatoes because i remember seeing like this really large worm um <laughs> on it it was like it was a caterpillar but it like was so freaky because it blended in with the stock of the tomato and it was so just tomato like, worm but yeah, you like look worm. at it and you're like what that's so crazy um but then it's we great until it eats your entire plant yeah, right entire plant, yes um definitely had tomatoes i can i think we probably had some sort of green like planted some lettuce or something like that um maybe peppers i think we had a jalapeno plant yeah and like you said it just didn't it, just didn't do didn't real do, well yeah they didn't do great <laughs> it wasn't a great garden <laughs> but we tried our best <laughs> yeah and then did you continue to use that like the next year and different things or did you yeah so we i think we used it one more year and then we i think we moved shortly after that so we like left had to like left all of our raised beds and everything in that and moved to our are the house that my parents live in now um and we didn't have a garden but we we did uh like pots like did some growing in pots oh some potted plants oh cool yeah we did like some tomatoes in pots and um some greens and stuff like that when we moved to our new house so tried to like continue continue it but yeah so then so what was it um that that really started because you were thinking about going to college. Right. Um, and Penn State, of course, was where uh, your mom graduated. And mm-hmm. then, of course, I think your your dad either works there or works with Penn State. And he, so yes, he technically so works. He's an Penn State employee. Correct. Technically. So there's a little bit of a discount there. So it works out nice. Yes, but yeah. <laughs> it went, went really well. Yes. So. so. But what did you, uh, what, when you're thinking about going to Penn State and deciding what to take agriculture whatever mm. what what were the like what did you think like what were the things that you were like oh I'm really interested in this I should take this right um so something that was really cool in my high school has a great um kind of agriculture program um mm. with it in like a great uh teacher that taught all the ag classes um at our high school and I <laughs> realized that I 
like wanted I really liked growing things I enjoyed it and like I just kind of you I figured that out started kind of in middle school figured that out Mm -hmm. into high school that I I just continued doing it I really enjoyed it so I was like maybe this is something I need to pursue so I took a horticulture class Um, it was like a a class that was horticulture for the first semester and then landscaping for the second semester oh cool um, so I did, I took that class and I really, really, really liked it. Um, I mainly liked the horticulture bit. The landscaping bit was really fun, but I like didn't get into it as much. Um, and then actually that summer, the summer between my junior and senior year of high school, I, um, went to North Carolina and we had some family friends who lived down there and actually, um, the husband of the, the couple that was our family friend, he's an architect. He's a, yeah, he. He's an architect, um, and he works with a landscape architect. Uh, so we, um, I shadowed the landscape architect for like a little while um, oh, cool. while I was staying with them in North Carolina, and it was uh, cool. But like, I was like, yeah, I don't really like the structure. <laughs> I didn't like right. like how everything had to be very. Um, I don't know. I kind of I liked the I liked useful landscape rather than right. built landscape. Right, like it looked like, really nice when you were yeah. done, but you're like, yeah, but we're not eating anything from right. this or using it for something right. else. Right, it's like there could be some like there has to be something more interesting about plants than just making it things look pretty. Right. Um, so I was like, I knew I wanted to go into something with plants, and I was like, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure what I want to do. So I was looking up programs and um, I figured out plant science was a thing, just like general plant science. And then from uh, plant science, you can kind of choose more specifically, depending on what classes you take and things like that, more specifically what you want to do. And I was like, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> I'll do that. Um, it was kind of like a, all right, like that's good. <laughs> that works um, for what I like. <laughs> and then... Um, I was looking up the uh, kind of top schools whenever I was applying. Like, what are the top schools for uh, plant science? Um, and Penn State was within the top ten. Actually, Ohio State was number one. Was it? Okay. Yes. So <laughs> I was like, I could go to Ohio State. I could. <laughs> but um, being from State College and living. Yeah, there's um, a little kinda, rivalry there. Yeah, it's there's a little tough, bit so. of a rivalry. Um <laughs> I'd be banished by everybody and stuff. Yeah, you wouldn't. (laughs) That's a good. (laughs) No, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been a bad thing. But it's it's out of state and it's expensive. Obviously, the cost would have been totally different, especially with your dad's. Yeah, and going (laughs) to Penn State was like maybe number seven within the top ten. So it was like up there, and it has a great like I researched it and had a great program, and I was like, and I get a seventy five percent discount for my tuition, and I could live at home. Absolutely. And not have to pay for a dorm. So I'm like, ah, I cannot, like, I can't not, I can't justify. Right. Yeah. Especially since, yeah, like you said, it's, it's not the number one school like Iowa State, but it's, it's in the top 10 and right. it's decent. And, and it's really good and has yeah. great, um, like, uh, graduation job rates. Okay. And, job placement and things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I can't justify not going. So I applied to a couple, I, I applied to Penn State. And uh, Virginia Tech, I think those were actually the only schools I applied mm-hmm. to. I got into both, and I was like, I just got to Penn State. Virginia Tech was up there also, but I think Penn State was even better. So I'm like, it doesn't make any sense for me to 
sure to not go to Penn State. So I, that's when I was like, okay, Penn yeah. State, plant science. And then when I was um, in the plant science program, that's when I, the option, there's like options within the plant science um, major. And the option I chose was agroecology, oh, okay. which is basically like the ecology, how everything works together um, in an agriculture system. Uh, to kind of make plants grow and have us. Oh, I see. So it's kind of other thing. Yeah. So how the whole system kind of works together with different parts. Exactly. Exactly. And it was the only option that did not require me to take physics or genetics. (laughs) So I was like, that sounds great. I'll do that. (laughs) That's a good reason. I totally get that. I was like, I'm not good at the genetics or physics. So I'm like, I don't want to. Don't want to destroy my GPA. <laughs> That's great. And so it's, I thought it was interesting uh, that you had the option of taking a class in high school mm-hmm. that had to do with agriculture. Yeah. Um, and this is obviously Penn State's in central Pennsylvania. Yes. And I think that had a lot to do with it. But that's kind of neat because I don't know if there's a lot of schools that have that option. There so are It's kind of neat to get, get you started. Yeah. I think in like um, more rural areas... Uh, I mean, most most of the kids are usually farm from farm. Work on a farm anyway. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so they usually have like most of the schools in Central Pennsylvania have some kind of ag program, but it's not you like with the university being right there. We have so many resources and so many like. That's true. We have so much access to. Um, yeah, so having programs. Penn State having such a good agricultural school, oh gosh, that that yeah. makes sense that that also... The high school. Yeah, because they're also not recruiting, but they are. They're, you know, they're kind of helping the high schools to get the best students exactly. to go to Penn State. So that's exactly. really cool. Yes. So on your journey along this, were there anybody, um, I mean, you talked about the family friend mm-hmm. with the landscaping, but was there anybody else? Was there a teacher or even somebody at Penn State a teacher, a professor, somebody that, that really kind of helps you solidify like, oh, this is really neat. I'm really doing what I should be doing. Or you learned a lot yeah. from a specific person. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. My I think my high school teacher definitely had an influence, Mr. Heasley. He was like an amazing teacher, very kind, very um, inventive, and um, just like really was passionate about what he did and loved the kids that he was around and so I think that really like just having a nice teacher <laughs> was really that makes helpful. a huge difference yeah it, yeah on it the really on did. the last podcast uh where I was interviewing your aunt Jessica I was talking to her and and she had a really great teacher and actually I was talking to my sister about it who had listened to the podcast and she was just really impressed with that English teacher like mm-hmm. the way they engage the students and how they, again, being nice is exactly. kind of, you know, and like it, you really, that really made a big difference in Jess's life. And that's really neat that, that this teacher did that for you as yeah, well. Yeah, he so. was, he was a really great teacher. Um, and so he, I think kind of just was like another person who encouraged, was encouraging and was just like, yeah, like this is a really cool thing. And you seem to be like, you seem to be interested in it. Go for it. Um, That's cool. And then my, I mean, my parents have always been really supportive of whatever I wanted to do. And I think my dad just thought it was really cool because nobody in our family, like for a couple generations, Mm -hmm. had done farming. And so he was just like, oh, this is kind of cool because they're like going, he loves the ancestry stuff. He loves the going back into your your roots to kind of figure out um, 
where you get certain traits and certain ideas and stuff like that. He's like, oh, you know, your great great grandfather was a farmer and like all of this stuff. Oh, that's yeah. neat. Yeah. And of course, but there was a yeah. podcast number, I think seven or eight with him on it. So that yeah, was kind of yeah, neat that he exactly. talks about that. That's cool. Yeah. So he was, they were always very supportive. And I, I think it was honestly just taking the classes in college and loving them mm-hmm. it just like was constantly now, what like was a your what, what was your was there a specific class that was your favorite or was there i know it's there's a lot of classes oh gosh, obviously of over the four years but <laughs> yes lots of classes but yeah i don't know if it was one that stuck out mm-hmm. or just or was there maybe one that stuck out that we're like wow you learned something that you just didn't know you were going to learn like you didn't realize that that was I don't know I'm just making yeah. up yeah <laughs> no no yeah like a specific been, thing where you're like wow I didn't realize that that was yeah. that was a thing um I think that was pretty much every class honestly but I think the major one something that happened in college for me was like I realized soil is so cool mm. and that was like soil is a big part of the agro the ecology of agriculture um because it it influences everything. If you don't have good soil, soil you can't grow anything. Like it's just sort of right. the way. And I it guess is. that's interesting too, because and there's so many aspects and layers mm-hmm. and you know pl- all kinds of different plants and different things in the soil and you know microbiology right. and all that stuff too. Right. But it's that really is so cool. true. It's interesting. It it all goes back to soil. the soil because if we yeah. don't have good soil, we can't grow anything. Right. That's exactly. Great. And I loved. Um, I think my soils 101 class. Which is so funny because now I talk to like um, people who I graduated with and people who were in like some of my other classes. They hated Soils 101. <laughs> they thought it was like the hardest, most weird, like weird class. And um, I took it in conjunction with um, a lab that was that goes along with the class. Um, so Soils 102, very creative. Um, <laughs> but I took them both at the same time, and so I got to learn about. Uh, like things in class and then we did them in the lab and we kind of reinforced everything and I think my I think I really enjoyed it I I loved how complicated and how almost like complicated but also kind of straightforward everything was like um, there's a lot of chemistry in soil science and I love that um you know, chemistry is pretty much always the same. It's like, you know, the... You have the elements. Yeah, you have yeah, the elements. You true. have, like, what things are attracted to what and what stages and all of this stuff. And they, they build this and um, they build these things and positive and negative and all of this stuff. Yeah. And it's really, it's simple, but it's so complicated when you look at it in a bigger picture. Um but I loved, I loved learning about it. And I think in that, especially in the lab, I realized like, oh, I'm actually kind of good at this. I think I I got really good grades. And I think for being a freshman in college and taking some other really hard classes, it was like nice and kind of reinforced me. Yeah. You had, you're like taking this, you're like, wow, this is, this is easier. Like you understand it a little better than some of the other stuff. Like the concepts I understood better than, than calculus. Right. I did not understand. My dad (laughs) definitely like was the only reason I made it through calculus. Um, But yeah. So I realized that I was, I got, I got it and I understood it and I loved learning about it. And so I was like, Oh, maybe I should get a soils minor and like all thought about all this stuff. And, 
Um, so then I started pursuing doing more soils classes because within my major, you could there's some like choices. Like you could choose to do like a horticulture class, a soils class, or a, a agronomy class or something like that. And it, it all counted for like the same like credit or something like right. that. And, well, that's cool. It's uh, nice that you like, could specialize always... what you wanted to, exactly. to pursue and learn about. So exactly. That's cool. So I was like, I kind of uh, personalized my education in that way. I, w- I focused a lot on the soil aspect. Um, learned a lot about the plant aspect as well, but the soils was really cool. And I also worked, another thing is I worked in a, so- this is actually a really big part of why I was interested in soils. I worked in a soils lab for basically three years in college my sophomore uh junior and senior year where we did soil nutrient analyses and like um it was researching cover crops and um what kind of nutrients do they give the soil and all of this stuff and what are like that's really interesting good good cock like cocktails of um cover crops so like mixtures and things like that so oh that's really i really enjoyed that that was actually probably (laughs) Now I think about your original question. That was probably one of the most influenced, uh, like big influential parts. Yeah, influential sure. Parts of yeah. Now, when you said you worked there, was that like part of what your your schooling, or was it? Part, I'm just curious. Or was it something like? It's not like you got yeah. paid. But, I got paid. Oh, you did. Okay, I got so it's kind of like part of a requirement of the course. Though. So it it was an undergraduate job. Oh. So I okay. just was looking. I was looking for jobs in the field of. It was basically like an internship. Um, but during school, <laughs> that's the perfect. Yeah, it was it, great. Let me get I was straight. I get to do what I love. Right. I get to learn stuff, and I get paid. So it's like perfect. It is great. <laughs> it is great. And I worked um, there two summers, and um, I was able to count one of those summers as like an in, like all of the classes at Penn State require internship credits. Um, so I was able to use that as like an internship credit because. It was funny because I originally thought like, oh, I got paid. I can't use it as an internship credit. And then my advisor was like, oh, no, you can use it. You just need to like write up a paper about what the things you learned. I'm like, great, I can do that. That's pretty easy. So oh, that's I was great. able to just like count that towards an internship credit. That's great. Well, great. good. Yeah, yeah, that definitely helped you graduate. Yeah, that's cool. it did. It was wonderful. Awesome. And then, uh, you know, on the, when we're talking about internships, uh, I wanted to, to ask you about uh, the internship you had. Uh, in the Hamptons, mm-hmm. and what was the farm called? I keep forgetting. It's called Share the Harvest Farm. Share the Harvest Farm. Yes. Great. And so you had an internship. Uh, was this? No, this was after you graduated. I this think. This was right? after I graduated. Okay. Yeah, and what did you? After. What did you learn there? Like, what was your oh, favorite part about? So I know you and I have much. talked about this a lot. Yes. So. Um, I learned so much. I it was probably my uh, favorite experience I've ever had. It was mm-hmm. the best summer ever. No, what? Um, no, let just real quick though. Yeah. Explain like what this farm is. Right. Like, what's their mission and how they right. operate. A little so, Share um, the Harvest Farm is a nonprofit farm uh, in the Hamptons <laughs> on Long Island. So, <laughs> you, when you think Hamptons, you're like, why do they need a nonprofit farm? They're <laughs> right. all rich. Right. Um, <laughs> Super wealthy area. It's sure. true. It's a very wealthy area, and it's crazy. I saw so many crazy mansions um, while <laughs> I lived there, but. Um, so people who vacation there are the ones who are wealthy. They're the ones who have like their summer homes and they go and live there. Um, and, but there's also people who live there year round or who have lived there for generations or, um, people who 
or like a, the labor, right? Yeah, like the labor the cleaners force. and the yes. restaurant people that work at restaurants, the landscapers, and the right. painters, the everything that kind of supports the economy of of the the Hamptons and the people that that go on vacation there. They they're the ones who serve them mainly, um, and a lot because the um, cost of living in the Hamptons is enormous. It's crazy, um, like. The interns who work there got paid a stipend, um, but it's about as much as I make now. The stipend was, oh wow, and it's all—all all of it went towards food and gas, like all of it. Right. It's insane how how expensive things are there. Yeah, the cost of living is really high. It is really sure, high, absolutely. and um, you know, like taxes on property and everything like that is insane. So there's a lot of people who live um, in poverty there, um, the people who work there um, and uh, the people who serve the, the people who uh, go there for vacation and stuff. So um, there's a lot of low-income housing. There's a lot of people who are like living 20 people in one house or something like oh, that, wow. like something crazy. Um, and there's lots of food banks. Uh, so the Share the Harvest Farm was focused on um, producing high quality and good produce that went to got donated to all of these um, food pantries and low-income housing and all of that stuff um, preschools and things like that like we did a lot of really fun stuff um, and uh, so yeah and then we also kind of funded our operation by having a farm stand that was mainly focused towards the vacationers the people who gotcha. were going there to buy farm fresh produce and also support their the area that they vacation in. Oh, okay. So um, they did have an actual, so it's a nonprofit, but they also had a, a farm stand yeah. to help to help cover some of the costs and things exactly. too, as well as the, the, the food that they're donating to them. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Because cool. like there's so much, there's so much cost go, that goes into farming. Mm-hmm. There's so much, there's, there's uh, equipment and labor. Labor is like the number, the biggest uh, cost. It's a large portion. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, they had us interns, they paid us. I mean, they gave us a living stipend. Otherwise, we would not have been able to live there. Stay out there, right. Yeah, we would not have been able to survive. And they also provided housing, which is another big thing. Like, I would not have been able to take that internship if they did not provide housing. Housing costs, are, yeah, are enormous yeah, out there. There's exactly. No, if you yeah. tried to rent anything, it would be like $2,000 a month or something. Yeah, for a little shack. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. like a one room right. and maybe a, a refrigerator. Yeah, maybe a bathroom. Um, yeah, maybe a bathroom. Who knows? Um but yeah, so I we lived out there, and um, all of the interns lived in a barn <laughs> that oh, really? was uh, kind of uh, almost refurbished a little bit. Like we had a functioning <laughs> bathroom and everything, um, and an outdoor shower. We had an indoor shower and an outdoor shower, which was really nice because after work, everybody was like, "I just need to be in a cold water right now because right, we're right. all like really hot uh, from working <laughs> in the field." So. Um, it was nice having that, but oh, we cool. like didn't have a, a real kitchen. We had a, a refrigerator. We had a couple like hot plates and a, a toaster oven. And that was like our <laughs> kitchen. And it was really fun. It was like glorified camping. It was great. I, I cool. really enjoyed it. I, I loved cool. it a lot. So what did you, um, what were just uh, kind of a list of some of the tasks and things that you did while you were there? Um, you, I mean, you pretty much did everything. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, you're doing this and this. No, it was like right. you kind of, everybody did everything. Yeah. So we all kind of had jobs going mm-hmm. into it. We had things that we were in charge of because there's so many different things that you, you need to keep on top of mm-hmm. in a farm. There's irrigation, there's harvesting, there's planting, there's all this stuff. 
Um, so there's the, there's the greenhouse work specifically. So we all kind of came in and had specific jobs that we were focused mm-hmm. on, but everybody kind of did everything as well. Um, cool. So we um, were involved with pretty much every aspect. By the time I got there, it was like mid-May, so... Most of everything was already pretty planned. Already, most of yeah. it in the ground already. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of stuff already in the ground. And we were doing succession plantings, though. So there was like, mm-hmm. we were basically planting stuff every single week. Um, so as you plants. cropped out one of the beds, then you yeah. put something in. Yeah, on top exactly. Of that. Okay. Exactly. Um, and so uh, we were involved with the um, equipment maintenance, we were involved with um, planting. Um, disease and pest management, uh, harvesting, um, coordinating what goes where, so donations, um, where are they going, basically. We had um, one of our, we had uh, three farm managers, so one was in charge of the farm stand, um, and then one was in charge of uh, donations, and then one was in charge of the actual farm production so they like kept us all on track <laughs> so because right, right. us interns coming in being like i have zero farming experience yeah, what, I don't do I, what i'm doing what am yeah. i doing here on um, paper i have all these great ideas yes. i can do all this but in all reality i haven't actually done right. this yet so. yeah like for me like mm-hmm. i worked a little bit on um the student farm at penn state so i was an intern there so i had some like minimal some experience some experience sure. but very minimal and i was the one who had the most experience there so i was just like <laughs> great <laughs> uh this is gonna be fun so what um, was so what was uh what was some of your now what did they grow there too I mean, pretty much everything, everything. carrots beets broccoli yeah, all did they vegetables. do corn or anything or they did, did they... they did some sweet corn um okay. it was mainly uh, it's hard to explain so the air the land that we were on mm-hmm. was also shared by several other there's another farm that shared some of the land there are some other people um that also farmed in smaller plots around us so we had we have had i think cumulatively it was like a little bit less than seven acres oh okay Hmm. i feel like that's right okay uh something around there of land that was just for us but there was like this farm was or this the piece of land that was being farmed is huge and and you were all using like the small seven or acres yeah exactly and so there was a couple other like small um product like small production farms around us and one larger production farm and a couple community garden kind of plots off to the side and all of this stuff. So, um, but everybody kind of worked together. We all knew each other. We all kind of talked and like got along and everything like that. And, um, so some people would donate stuff to us. So I think we got some sweet corn or somebody grew some sweet corn and then like donated some of it to us. Like oh, okay. we harvested it. Okay. But it was mostly just vegetables, you know, yeah. tomatoes, peppers, things, broccoli. Yeah, tomatoes, peppers, radishes, potatoes, a lot of greens, lots of greens, um, onions, and things like that too. Onions, mm-hmm. garlic, so much stuff. Cool. It was fun. It That's was really cool. fun. So what was your uh, what was your favorite part of that experience? Like what was there a specific job or was there something that you really yeah I that you really kind of gravitated towards this as opposed to some other things yeah so i love my my main job was like harvest manager so i went out and like kind of predicted what what is ready to be harvested right now with me and um um another girl who was um who became like my best friend there um 
we were both kind of in charge of that, and we would do like field walks every single morning. We oh okay, we, so you we would try up, to see what's yeah, ready to be picked the exactly. next day or what needs planted. Okay, exactly. We'd actually get there like a little bit earlier than everybody else and do like a field walk, so that by the time everybody got there, it was like okay, here's what we think is ready, and then our friend manager could be like, "You're wrong," or right, <laughs> and be right. like, "Yep, that's good. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan." <laughs> like we made a plan, and then we waited for her to be like good <laughs> approve okay yeah that's gotcha. good so um so was, yeah so pretty much what needed to be picked that yeah. day what was ready to be harvested so okay, yeah great so my favorite thing was harvesting mm-hmm. it was like the reaping the, the reward of what all your labor is like the most exciting thing um it so I, love I totally that. agree that's my favorite my favorite part too it's just so great it's so mm-hmm. rewarding <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like all, all this, this hard work yeah all this hard work and then you finally are able to get the Something the fruit amazing. or the food from that that's yeah. really cool well, cool. So now what is, um, so you were there for the whole summer, yeah, learned a bunch. Yeah, from May until like October. Oh, wow. Yeah. So pretty much most of the end of the season. Yeah. They're pretty much wrapping up most yeah. of their stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you learned a ton. That's mm-hmm. that's great. That hands-on experience too. Now what, um, what, like, what is your current job now? What are you doing? Because you're doing something along the lines too, and I forget because yeah. you told me before. That's you... okay. <laughs> um, it's a little complicated. So I'm wor- currently working um, for, I'm doing AmeriCorps, which is like the domestic version of the Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, we get um, partnered with uh, different nonprofits and other things um, across the United States um, to kind of build up in industry, like things in those areas. Um, so I'm partnered with the student farm at Penn State. Um, so I actually found the AmeriCorps position through my, because I was an intern at the student farm at Penn State. Um, and I actually found, um, I found that AmeriCorps position through my old boss from that, from being an internship. I emailed her whenever I was like, I need another job. I need to get something that's (laughs) more into, into farming again. And um, vegetable production and I was just like hey do you have any uh, job opportunities or do you have any ideas and she's like please become our my AmeriCorps member and I'm like great I'll do that that sounds amazing um, so my I guess big job is just um, supporting and coming up with projects that are um, that, that go along with the mission of the student farm um, so I and what is the mission of the student farm? If you, <laughs> I was gonna say that's a good. That's gonna test me, um, <laughs> or at least you know, yeah, not so specific ba- word for word, right. but just the but idea. Basically, of what it is. yeah, the student farm is basically um, a learning tool um, for the the university and the surrounding area. Basically, we want to be able to be used by both community and um, university. Because okay. we have so, so much... they reach out to the community and have do right. things as well. Okay, right. exactly. That's yeah, we do a lot of things with the community. Like we do, um, we're working with uh, community gardens to do. Like we're gonna try and do some educational components with them. Like how do you actually garden? <laughs> like a lot right. of people in community some gardens don't know how. One hundred and one. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. How do you garden? Um, we... So to help make them successful right. on what they're on their community garden. That's right. great. Exactly. So like some you know, community engagement stuff. Um, we also are doing like a food bank harvest where we go and we uh, do harvests from the Penn State farms. So the Penn State farm, Penn State owns lots of ag land and. 
Um, they have like a small vegetable production that they do, and well, small. It's actually quite large, but it, small they, compared yeah, to small, sure. Small compared to like multiple multiple acres, but it's small. Right, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, so they only have about three people that work on that, though. So the oh, wow. actual harvest and everything is really it's it's almost impossible for them to get everything so we get like volunteer groups and um interns out there to kind of glean is the technical term it's like take whatever is left and then we um donate all of that to the food banks in center center county nice yeah well that's really cool so like things like that and we also do um like classes can come out and use the farm for whatever um we have a education agricultural education um class that's going to come out and kind of uh use a plot of land to simulate like a lot of these uh students are becoming teachers and a lot of schools are going to start having or want to start having uh school gardens and things like that so basically teaching these these future teachers how to maintain and grow what it takes to kind of have a school garden so they're going to like oh, kind nice. of simulate. so teaching the teachers so they can yeah, teach exactly. pass that forward that's great. Exactly. Like, all right, what's it going to cost to buy seeds for this? What's it going to cost to buy materials and um, soil and all of this stuff? And Mental labor. And... Right, exactly. How much work is it actually going to be to have a school garden? How are we going to manage that? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's great. So we do a lot of stuff. So that's cool, and it's nice that you have a job in the field. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it might not be the perfect job or the last thing you're going to have, but at least it's nice to have something in the field. Yeah. literally in the field yeah. and you know you're learning along the way too so exactly. that's great it's really fun that's cool so what so what um we've talked about because uh, i have a very big interest in agriculture and growing yeah. things and i'm working on starting a farmer's market out in my local area and farming um some things kind of along the urban urban farming method and some you know high intensity in small areas right and so what do you think like what's um what do you think is something that's kind of broken in in the food system? Like what, mm-hmm. how is there a breakdown of that? Like what do you think are some of the big things that that can be changed by your generation or you know or, or what yeah. that solution? I know there's multiple things, but like what do you see from your perspective of being you know going to school and learning this and then being in you know working at farms and things? Yeah. Oh man, it's a big <laughs> question. It is. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I mean, I feel like there's a few break, like things that are um, not necessarily right with the food system and how right. it works. Things that we can improve on. Not right. so much broken, but right. it's just like this is this could be done better. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of things. I think um, the I think one of the things that is I think should be improved on is um, and probably I think it will be improved on is uh, instead of having a monoculture of one like especially mm-hmm. spe- uh, basically specialization like gotcha. I think uh, the way agriculture kind of evolved is everybody kind of grew everything and then people started growing only this and only that and now like majority of our farmland is being used for corn and soybean yeah corn and, and soybeans is and so and yeah, and you, like that. yeah you have a huge you know hundred acre farm and it's Brrr. just corn or just yes. soybean Yes, and and exactly. from what you've learned, that's obviously not good for the soil. It's not great for the soil. And the it's really not great for the soil, and it's like now everything that we eat and everything that we touch has corn in it. 
because there's such a surplus right. and because there's such so now this, it's subsidized so as well right, by the government sure so that helps it'd yeah. be cheaper mm-hmm. yeah exactly so i think um that is something that can be changed and is probably going to be changed mm-hmm. by my generation realizing like okay if we want to continue growing and having land that's available for agriculture we need to mix it up a little bit we need to add some other things in here we need to be more creative i think what the agriculture community currently lacks is creativity mm. um, with their land so it's, they're doing a lot of things like this is the yeah, only way we've done this and exactly. so we just keep doing this exactly. instead of thinking outside the box like let's right yeah like let's do this in a different way like it's, it's more like productive i've been to even like the like ag land at penn state like they do a lot of corn production and everything like that and you know you see these spots where it's just like a wet spot and like nothing grows there year after year after year after year after year and it's like they just keep planting the same things almost almost the same thing sometimes they rotate stuff a little bit right um but they it's like just don't plant stuff there that's a right, waste right, of right. seed like yeah or plant something that would work there or yeah something exactly that, you know, or even or maybe like, flowers or something that would look nice yeah, as opposed to yeah like, have another kind of right and use. having just bare soil there and you're you're spraying it you're putting um nitrogen on it and everything like that and all of that's just sitting there creating like a cesspool and right it's not necessarily the best for anything and you're wasting so much money so like financially environmentally and like it just it doesn't make any sense Right. And so I think people kind of, I think we need to start being more creative with our land use um, and like trying to figure out how can we make, you know, diversified farming work. Right. And how you can make money on that too. And I, yeah. I think with the, you know, the trends that have, have really been in the last, I mean, I was trying to think back, like when did I first see, you know, organic labeled something in the store? Mm-hmm. And it hasn't, I mean, it's definitely been within my generation. It's probably been within your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Like it hasn't, I mean, if I go back, I mean, 15 years ago, I, I'm just trying to think if there was organic produce, yeah. you know, at the supermarket and there might not have been like, it hasn't, it's it a, might it's have a newer been somewhere thing. in like some, yeah. like, like a small little, like yeah, a little, like a tiny little yeah. section. But, and now it, I feel like, I mean, even just in the last five years, it's just like, wow, every time I go to the grocery store, it feels like the organic section keeps getting bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And they're, and then it seems like they're also, you know, looking for things that are local too. Like, oh, mm-hmm. this is locally sourced and, you know, this isn't from California yeah. or Mexico or somewhere, you know, you know, miles and miles away. And I think that, I think those are the things. The demand is definitely going to change things. I, demand is changing things right. already. People like farmers who would never have changed the way that they grow things now start growing organically because, and like, there's some problems with organic too. Like sure, sometimes, sure. like you still use a bunch of chemicals. Right, right. just because it's organically yeah. certified doesn't mean yes. Doesn't mean it's still correct. Like the correct. It isn't farm the best, gr- the greatest. Um, Definitely better, but right. it's not absolutely exactly. But it's a step in the right direction. Absolutely. But like there are farmers that would never have grown organically before, but now are like, oh my gosh, I could make so much more money. Right. If I because there's a premium sell. and there's a need there. Exactly, too. and like and people want options. People want right. to be able to make their choices. So I think. I think the trend is is definitely going that way, and what you said about local, like mm-hmm. that's definitely a big thing. And I think that is honestly an insanely great way of, because um, one of the big things about the student farm as well is we encourage people to 
do a lot of encouraging and publicity for local mm-hmm. far- local farming and local um, buying. Um, and that's what we're trying to do is we're, we're yeah, trying to help Penn State. supporting the local State. farms yeah. and farmers, absolutely. Yeah, we're trying to help Penn State buy more locally um, is kind oh, of great. something that we're oh, cool. trying to do. Um, yeah, I so, feel like, yeah, I feel like, yeah. I mean, the organic thing too, and then, I mean, again, at grocery stores you see, they're like, oh, this is from a local farm, you know, mm-hmm. or... And then restaurants, a lot of there's a lot of farm to table thing, and they're yeah. like, hey, then that's that's been a big thing where they're able to, you know, maybe charge a little more, or maybe mm-hmm. get um, a different, you know, a, a bigger group of people, or have the bit restaurant busier because they have local organic food from yep. a local farm, you know, and yeah. that's been a big thing too. And I, I love these trends. It's just I like, love it. it's and great. I think you're right. The whole point is the the demand. I mean, you kind of got to follow the money. Like, right, people are demanding this now. And I mean, I remember from, uh, I think it was the movie Food Inc. or whatever, but mm-hmm. they're like, well, what can you do? You know, you see all these big problems and it's like, well, but you vote with your dollars. It's true. So every time you go to the grocery store and you buy organic from a local farmer, then you're putting money back into that local economy right. and then they're able to do more. And then the more, exactly. you, know, you know, the more that expands or if you go yeah. to a restaurant and you get the local food. So yeah, exactly. And I think. I think local is really what needs to happen because not only is it, it's, it's just, it's great for your local economy. It, it, it not only is better for you like health wise, cause you're eating locally grown food and Absolutely. you know, well, it tastes better too. Tastes and I better. think that's a yeah. huge difference too. Yeah, exactly. You taste, so. it tastes better, but you're also like boosting the economy that you live in. So these farmers will then, um, have need services as well like they need people to do their taxes they need people right. to do this that's they a need, good point and like so you're feeding the local economy and it yeah. ends up being your neighbors too like so you know the farm down the yeah. street from you and and then they're able to hire more help and yep and then like the, mm-hmm. there are more people more maybe more young couples move to your area and then like there that whole thing happens and you know it's it's always it's always good to support your community and the people who are immediately around you Um, because like those are the people you see every day you know how things are being done because you can go Mm -hmm. and visit you can just like go and take like a five minute drive to go to your the farm that you get your vegetables from you know it's really cool and um yeah like at the farmers markets uh one of the big trends is one of the big trends and it has to do with the popularity of farmers markets is people want to know where their food comes from. They want to know their farmer and maybe it's, you know, at a farmer's market and the the farm isn't, you know, technically certified organic, but, but you can talk to the farmer and be like, well, what do you do? Like, well, I, I, I'm not organic certified because I didn't pay to do that, but I don't spray anything on it. So it's like, oh, this might even be better than organic practicing. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond organic. And it's even better. It does. Right. There is a cost there. And I, and there's also I do, a time you have to be like organic is. for three. You have to be right. practicing organic for three years and then fill out all of this paperwork, right? In right. order to right. actually then, be certified. Correct. And there's definitely um, a good, you know, positives and negatives to that. I mean, it is positive right. where I go to the grocery store and I'm trying to buy. You know, we're in the Midwest, and so I can't buy lemons and oranges and things like that right. from you know they yeah, don't grow that in so Ohio true. and Pennsylvania. Right. But at least I know that I can get this organically. So there's there's mm-hmm. definitely a need for that. But I really like the local, you know, the farmers market or the yeah. farm stands and things where you're yeah. just like, oh, let me meet the farmer and mm-hmm. see what practices they do and and yeah. how they're doing stuff. And I so. love I love the CSA model, the community mm-hmm. supported agriculture model, because 
farmers have such a high upfront cost. Well, why don't you explain what that is in case somebody yeah. doesn't know what a CSA is? So, so a CSA is so, when so community supported um, agriculture. Yeah, community supported agriculture. Um, and what that what happens there is basically you pay you know maybe five hundred dollars upfront or like a certain uh, chunk of money upfront, and then that you go and pick up boxes of produce from that farmer. So basically, at the beginning of the season, you mm-hmm. pay an upfront amount. Yeah. And then you have uh, an allotted box or an allotted mm-hmm. amount of, yeah. of produce that you get each week yep. for the for the growing season. Yeah. And so and then um, basically. I love that model because it's basically the community. What I view it as is I view if I would get a CSA box, I would view it as I am partnering with this farmer, whether they succeed or with they, whether they fail. I want them to succeed. So I'm going to, you know, like put a dent in my, you know, checking I, account yeah, in gonna, order yeah, to pay like, the money up front. Yep. But then, the you know, on the farmer's side, it's great because they're able to get the money up front because... You know, producing things, a lot of the labor costs and the seed costs and all those things up front, and they may not recoup that money until, you know, August, September, end of season. Right, and they go into so much debt up front, and then, like, Mm -hmm. they have to pay off interest, and it's just, it's not always feasible for farmers, especially when they're not making, like, a ton of profit. Right, yeah, their profit margins are small already. So this does make sense, too. Yeah, and I love CSAs. I love, you know... Again, it's community-supported agriculture. That's great, and then they're able to get, you know, financially, it's great for the farmers because they're able to get, you know, their cost set up, you know, Mm -hmm. ahead of time, and then, then they're able to give what they have. And again, they may not have, you know, maybe they had, you know, because seasons and things happen, you know, crops don't always grow, and so oh well, they didn't have, you know, the onions didn't come out, but then they have something else Mm -hmm. that did well. Yeah. So the Penn State uh, student farm has a quote-unquote CSA, we call it Campus Supported Agriculture instead of Community Supported Agriculture. Right. Um, and <laughs> That's the same idea. Yeah, same idea, same same deal. And we mm-hmm. uh, mainly serve uh, faculty and staff at Penn State because we want community members to be more supporting of the uh, oh, that's local great. farms. And, I mean, there's some, like, mainly, most of the community members are also faculty and staff at Penn State. So right. it's like, that's there's a little bit true. of like a weird thing. It's but we, same. we have a yeah, college a, town. That's what it is, though. It's supported right. by the college. Exactly. So, yeah, so there's a lot of jobs. But we know, have a lot like of a cap. The college, we so. have a cap of how many people we can take because okay. we're a very small farm. We're only sure. on an acre of land currently. Oh, wow. Um, so, but like we, it was such a wet year this year. Mm-hmm. So much rain, so much rain. Especially um, late in the year. Late in the year, which yeah. was really not the greatest. It's, it was a really hard season for everybody. Um, but we had to, because all of our um, winter squash was rotting. We were depending on that to have, like, substance in our CSA boxes. So we um, had to harvest our winter squash really early and let it, like, kind of mature in the fridge, which is not the greatest. You don't really want right, to do that. Ideal. but. You know, it was rotting in the field, so we had to sure. get it out of there. Sure. Um, and then everything started rotting in the fridge. And it was like, <laughs> but like we were able to, you know, like try and we worked with our people. We they under were understanding. We were able sure. to communicate. Like this was a bad year for us. Sure. So we're like giving. They may you, not have gotten all the value that no. they were expecting. Right. But I mean, but that's gotten, how it goes. Yeah, or maybe you had. You know, early in the season, you had a whole lot of something. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, we just gave out a bunch of yeah. you know, turnips or radishes or whatever right. it is. But then late in the year, it was just not as well. Late in the year, we all we had we had like a ton of peppers. We had 
It was a, a good ton. year for peppers, it was actually. Great the peppers year. in my garden, <laughs> I had like, but it was so late, but I had just September, I just had a peppers ton. everywhere. Yeah. So. so we had like a ton of peppers and we had like some other things that we just were like, yeah, just take extra of everything. We're so sorry right. about the, the lack of butternut squash that you're getting, but here <laughs> is um, some peppers and here is some more other, like other things, like we had some cut flowers and things like that oh, that we were able to give away and like all of this but stuff. That's that, neat though. And I think that goes back yeah. to the creativity too, that you talked about mm-hmm. that that farmers need to have and to be creative and not just be like, Oh, we have to do it this way. And we're just going to do corn and beans, but like, Oh, how can we do this and organic, you know, doing things organic, using organic practices is popular and people want that. So how can I, you know, cash in on it really, you know, and and do that. So, but no, I love CSAs are great. I'm yeah. The CSA model is such a great model Mm -hmm. and it's so helpful for farmers and yeah, it's a good, it's a real win-win yeah. all the way around. And I love, sure. I love when farmers grow things that are weird, like mm-hmm. some weird produce that mm-hmm. people don't know what to do with. And they're like, and they put it in the CSA box and they're like, here's a recipe for this weird thing that you never got. And people learn. Yeah. I absolutely. love the learning kind of oh, communal absolutely. learning that happens whenever. Yeah. The, the, uh, yeah, to have, um, the recipes too. And I'm going to do something similar next year to a CSA called the right. the lockbox, but something along yeah. those lines. But I think having the recipe because, you know, educating people on how to use, you know, this fresh produce mm-hmm. and say you have something like, uh, well, kohlrabi would be a good example. Yeah. Like I had never heard of kohlrabi until last year so um, or the year before. And yeah. a friend of mine, one of my neighbors had it and she's like, oh, you should try it. And it's amazing. It's so good. But then how do you use it? And so educating yeah. people on something and it grows very well in the midwest it's so easy to grow <laughs> right and so but it, and it's a great vegetable it's and it's healthy amazing. and all this mm-hmm. but it's like people have never heard of it mm-hmm. and like oh it's something that grows really well yeah. here's a recipe and so i and think so things like that is are great and they're easy to store because they're like a store they do crop, yeah it's a store yeah it's, it's like a root so crop but yeah. they grow above the ground so yeah. they're kind of like the best of it's so great yep, yep. it's like cool. a it's like a uh, radish beet thing it's right so right great. Radish beet turnip thing yeah, yeah it's, it's got a good weird. flavor to it it tastes so good yeah they're but that's a good amazing. example of something kind of strange you know it's not just berries and carrots and and things but yeah something mm-hmm. a little different that's like oh wow and then if it grows really well in the area i think that's that's great so. yeah exactly so what um what other uh what other things do you think or that because I'm basically counting on your generation to fix all these things. <laughs> Great. You are 20 years. No pressure. My junior. So yeah, no pressure. But could you guys get this all together? Yep. But are there any other things that you're excited to see uh, your generation or other or farmers that the shift to mm-hmm. to changing things um, for the better? I'm excited to see millennials kind of just knock it out of the park with people's expectations mm-hmm. for them because mm-hmm. I think a lot like uh, I just came from a conference a little while ago um where it, it was I was basically one of the only millennials in the room mm-hmm. and um there was a lot of people who were like we just don't have the labor force we don't have this anymore we don't have that anymore um and one of the things they were like it it's up to the millennials to kind of figure this out. And so I'm I'm excited to see the step up um, cool. of people because I think there are so many um, young farmers out there that are starting out and that just need support from their lo- like their community and they're depending on that support and they're depending on the support um, uh, from their uh, local government and everything like that to kind That's of great. just like promote yeah. them and, and um, really push them forward. So 
I'm excited to see kind of the diversity of so what kind of like happens. the next generation of farmers. So because yeah. yeah, I heard some statistics and it was and I'm, I'm not going to quote exactly right, but somewhere along the lines that like only three percent of the country of the United States, I believe, is in agriculture, and that mm-hmm. includes every laborer. And yeah. so that's not just a farmer, but that's like all the laborers. Mm-hmm. And then of that three percent, it was like a small percentage of that, which is like maybe five percent. Yeah, is this is are the people that are actually farmers that mm-hmm. are actually you know, running farms and things. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think the average age was like 60. And so a lot of those yeah. farmers, if the average age is 60, you know, a lot of them are older. And so yeah. they're dying off. And, and I just think it's neat that you're, that's great that you're excited about the next mm-hmm. generation of farmers. It, and it's kind of, it's yeah. neat, I think with the organic thing too, and the way people are trying to eat local, it's just, it's a little more exciting than you're driving a tractor through a cornfield you know it's like they have a lot more interaction and stuff yeah exactly and i think that even even those people that are like the grandchildren of the the farm those 60 year old farmers 90 year old farmers however old they are right um i think they're the ones who are going to see the the possibilities of what can happen with Mm -hmm. their with their family farm yeah it's almost like like, it's interesting it's almost like i'm thinking that it it, it, because some things skip generations Mm -hmm. um like you know maybe the grandparents or great-grandparents worked on the farm and then you know their kids were like well i don't want to work on the farm Mm -hmm. you know this is hard work yeah Yeah. i've already worked on the farm my whole life so i'm going to go get a degree and be an attorney or something right Um, but then it's kind of come back to it and really i think it's interesting because at the end of the day it's it's full circle back to one of your favorite things which is the soil because mm-hmm. that's what everything comes back to yeah. the soil the soil health and what we can do with that right so. exactly so i think cool. i think that um nobody has any expect like doesn't have high expectations mm-hmm. of i think everybody's kind of freaking out a little bit right, right. about the future and sure well we give the millennials a hard time they're yes. like there's a lot of memes about millennials oh and yeah this, there is so, they, but yes they do. but i think that so people, they're underestimating I think people will step up. Mm-hmm. I think people will step up. I think so up. too. And because, I mean, the need is there. And if the need is there, then somebody's going to, it's absolutely. just going to have to be filled in some way. Right. So we either die or we right, absolutely. have more farmers. Yeah, have Which to, one absolutely. is it going to And again, happen? like we talked about, the demand is there for locally sourced organic practices. Exactly. And, and organic foods. So exactly. That's awesome. So I think, I think I'm excited for that. Awesome. Well, very cool. This has been super fun. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate you hanging out with me on the One Drink with John podcast. Yeah, thank you uh, for having me. Yeah, this has been great. This I'm going to have, uh, as usual, on the uh, show notes at uh, onedrinkwithjohn.com, I'll have uh, links to some of the things we talked about and uh, more information on that. So, well, Mary, thank you so much yeah. for coming out. I appreciate it. And, no problem. This is yeah, fun. It's cool. Well, all right. Well, cheers, everybody. Have a great day.